All right. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to episode two of our podcast, Casual Politics. Uh, I'm Amar. I'm Boston. And yeah, so today I think uh, the topic is going to be Senate races, right? Um, we want to talk about, you know, the Senate, because obviously, you know, if someone gets elected president, they're going to have to have a Senate and a House on their side in order to pass any legislation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I think the, um, the sort of the hypothesis is if Joe Biden wins, he needs a Democratic Senate, right? So we're going to be looking at the Senate races, um, you know, and, you know, we'll also be shouting out ones that we just think are cool just because, you know, we have a favorite candidate or something of that nature. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hope you enjoy. Yeah. Um, currently I think the makeup is what 47 Democrats, right? 47 Democrats, 53 Republicans. Yeah. So in 2020 Democrats need to net three seats, right? And when Biden wins, if Joe Biden wins four seats, if Donald Trump wins re-election. Um, an interesting factor to that, I guess we could start off with Alabama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's important to point out that they'll need, you know, a net four seats or net five seats uh, in any case. Um, so for Alabama, this is, I think, right, this is one of the Republicans' like best pickup opportunities right here. Um, the state of Alabama. So the story with Alabama is in 2018, Doug Jones, a uh, Democrat, went against Roy Moore, someone who'd been, you know, accused of, you know, um, dating teenagers. And it was just, it was not a good, you know, it was, yeah, it was not a good scenario. So um, what ended up happening is it was a special election, obviously, um, because Jeff Sessions, senator from Alabama, was appointed Trump's uh, attorney general. Uh, for the time for that time and yeah so Doug Jones eked out a victory um, really by by turning out you know black you know the black vote right from Birmingham uh, you know all across with the so-called black belt um, or the Bible belt uh, whatever you want to call it Um, but yeah so he won but also you know depressed republican turnout right by by a very very controversial candidate I mean, still, so, he still won barely right yeah it was barely. very like it was a very narrow margin less mm-hmm. than one point uh, i believe so i mean you know granted Repo- alabama is a very republican state so this was a big surprise mm-hmm. um but yeah so boston what is what is the scoop for 2020 um, I think Democrats have been obviously um, targeting four four states, um, like really targeting that they are determined to flip. Um, and those four states are Arizona, um, Maine, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and um, what's the fourth? <laughs> Colorado, Colorado, <laughs> Colorado. I forgot Colorado. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But those are the four states that um, Democrats have been um, like explicitly, explicitly targeting, um, and we've seen <clears throat> poll numbers favored towards the Democratic um, nominees running against the incumbents. Um, but over time, like, like I'd say, like maybe 
2018, 2019, chances were kind of slim, right, for Democrats retaking the Senate. But now over time, as more Democrats have announced that, you know, they're intending to run against incumbent Republican incumbents, Mm -hmm. chances for a Democratic majority have like slowly increased, right? Mm -hmm. but we'll talk about those four states um that we see it like as the best chance that democrats will flip and then we'll go over ones that democrats might flip yeah um so out of out of these toss-ups i guess let's talk about arizona Um, (laughs) i I like that one (laughs) a little bit of history with arizona um so obviously martha mcsally after losing to kristen cinema in 2018 uh, she was appointed this seat by the governor, Doug Ducey. Um, and now she is, she's basically fighting, uh, this is actually the first time she's going to be elected if she wins. Yeah, um, she was. The thing is, she's going against Mark Kelly. She's, he's an astronaut. Um, you know, he is the husband of Gibby Gab. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gabby. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Little guy. He is. Yeah. He is. He is. Uh, he is. He is her husband. Uh, obviously, you know she's a really impassioned gun control advocate. Um, the Giffords Law Center. You know the Giffords. Uh, the Giffords organization. Right. It's been really dedicated to gun control. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I just want to talk about Mark Kelly for a second. Like, dude, is an astronaut. Like, honestly, like, I don't think there's anything more badass than an astronaut. This is just me speaking, but, but seriously, man. Like, that man went up in space, you know? <laughs> I'm not saying Martha McSally's not a great candidate. I'm just saying that, you know, Mark Kelly is really strong. You know, um, obviously his family is very strong. He's pulled amazing amounts of money um into this yeah. race which i think I is, the most right out of any any senate candidate yeah it's something like 20 million dollars it's absolutely insane um and martha mcsally she's just really not that i think popular with with conservatives and everything mean, she, she already lost one so <laughs> yeah exactly exactly right it's just you're appointing a loser essentially to start um, so she's just not popular, but also, you know, she's taken, you know, sort of different stances on Trump and some of his issues. And so, you know, with the Republican Party that increasingly aligned with Trump, um, you know, loyalty to Trump is really important. But then again, you know, Arizona is, you know, one of those swing states, right? It's a more with a lot of, you know, swing voters. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, and I think that, you know, Joe Biden's nomination uh as you know, the Democratic Party's uh, uh, you know nominee for president, that that helps Mark Kelly a lot because mm-hmm. Joe Biden's great with seniors. Arizona has a huge senior population. <laughs> Maricopa County, that's where you're looking at for your seniors. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, so that's that's huge. Uh, yeah, any any other thoughts on Arizona? Sorry, I sort of over. <laughs> that's your candidate. Huh? <laughs> um, but if you look at the polling. It shows Mark Kelly as a as a big favorite, huh? Double, like even yeah. by double digits, huh? It's like it's like ten points and something. Yeah, so it's looking good for for the Democrats um, to see Senator Mark Kelly in November, right? Absolutely. And if Senator Mark Kelly becomes a thing, right, in November, Arizona will have two Democratic senators. Yeah. 
you know, this is a state that brought us Joe Arpaio and his very, very, you know, harsh rhetoric towards, you know, illegal immigrants, you know, very forcibly enforced immigration law. Um, so, you know, and he was, he was not that long ago. So a remarkable twist for Arizona. Yep. Trending blue. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Campaigns targeting, trying to, one of the three states, right? He's, he wants to flip. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Arizona, something to look out for um, yeah. come November. And, you know, with a population that's, you know, very young and there's, you know, a lot of Latino and Hispanic voters mm-hmm. there, that's definitely diversifying the electorate. So we will, we will, I expect, you know, Arizona, if it doesn't turn blue in 2020 um, on the presidential level, definitely give it four more years. It will definitely be blue. Um, okay. I think that's Arizona. Uh, Colorado. Let's talk about Colorado. Uh, Colorado. <laughs> um, so the, the incumbent Republican is Cory Gardner. Mm-hmm. Definitely very unpopular with his constituency, um, I would say, right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, but the Democrat running against him was actually ran for president, ran for a Democratic nomination. Um, I don't think their primary has been set yet, right? Like they haven't had their primary yet, but yeah, uh, John Hickenlooper is the guy. Yeah. Um, he is the favorite to win um, the Democratic primary. He is former governor, former governor, right? Yep, former governor, former, governor, former mayor, right, of Denver. Yeah, former mayor of Denver, and then mayor of Denver, the former governor of Colorado, um, a moderate, um, yeah, like Martelli. Um, but he is again. If you look at the poll numbers, again increasing, like almost double digits too, right? <laughs> Another favorite. <laughs> Yeah, it's just not just not popular with the Colorado electorate anymore. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen Colorado in recent years. It's just been turning blue. Right. They were the first state to legalize weed, you know, mm-hmm. for, for recreational use. And from then on, it's just been straight, you know, going blue. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. a lot of that can be attributed to, you know, Denver being, you know, a really big hub for a lot of like tech companies. Mm-hmm. And so it brings in, you know, those young sort of uh, more liberal, I guess you could say, you know, workers who actually a lot are from originally California. Um, that's definitely diversifying the, the electorate a little bit in Colorado. So, yeah, Colorado, you know, it's pretty much at this point a safe blue state. So this is, I think, you know, 2014, you know, Cory Gardner, uh, you know, going into office is a little bit of a, yeah, a weird scenario, but no, Colorado is definitely pretty blue. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'd expect him, uh, John Hickenlooper to, to, to prevail in this case. Awesome. Okay. Let's move to, I think North Carolina. North Carolina. Um, you want to start that off? Yeah, sure. So North Carolina is, I think, still the quintessential battleground state, right? You've got a Democratic governor, but, you know, you've got a lieutenant governor that's Republican, you know. You've got, um, you know, a huge, you know, African-American population, um, a large, actually pretty large, you know, Hispanic and Asian-American population as well. Is it, it went to did it, it went to Trump in twenty sixteen. Yeah, it went to Trump in twenty sixteen, but it went to Obama. Um, I believe both in two thousand eight and twenty twelve. Okay. So it's definitely you know it is a bellwether, and um, some people think it's more Republican, but um, but yeah. So for this for this cycle twenty twenty, who knows where it's gonna go? Um, I think it's a complete toss up. 
but um, it's worth taking a look at the Senate race as well. So um, the incumbent here is Tom Tillis. Mm -hmm. uh, so incumbent senator from North Carolina. And his challenger is Cal Cunningham. Uh, so this guy has, you know, a pretty, a pretty good resume, I'd like to think. You know, mm -hmm. he's, you know, he has military service. He's a public servant. I believe he was a business leader. Don't quote me on that. But, you know, just a good candidate. Um, and the thing with Tom Tillis is a similar thing with Martha McSally, where he's definitely, you know, he's definitely criticized Trump on some issues. I think it was the border wall was one of his uh, big ones. Um, so, you know, again, it's sort of that thing where will, you know, d is he seen as, as aligned with Trump enough, right? And mm -hmm. I think that's what it'll come down to. <laughs> And, you know, it's, I think definitely Joe Biden at the top of the ticket will help Cunningham, but it's unclear if that's enough to tilt the scales. Um, your thoughts, Boston? Uh, I'm looking at his, at his campaign website right now. Oh, okay. Okay. So, wow. Elected at 27 to be oh, one wow. of, one of um, North Carolina state senators. Mm-hmm. Um, so wow, at the age of 27. Yeah, that's good. And then when you talk about his army experience, so he, he, he volunteered and that's in, that's in bold in his, in his, in his website to join the U.S. Army Reserve after 9-11. Okay. Um, awarded the Bronze Star. So, and I think the one story, so he, he won his primary, right? Yeah. But the one story I remember seeing is that the Republicans funded one of his lesser known primary opponents right oh really oh yeah his uh, his more liberal to try, to try and to try and um override cunningham but obviously that didn't work so i thought that was kind of interesting yeah it's really, really <laughs> broad support i think uh yeah definitely seen as more of a moderate yeah. uh, but in north carolina i think that's what that's what it takes you know at the at the top level at the senate level mm. um, but yeah, we will we will see what that state. That state's really interesting. It's a bellwether again. You know, Obama twice, but Trump once. So it it remains to be seen who does it vote for in twenty twenty, right? And who does it elect at the Senate? And um, quick shout out to the governor's race here. I know this isn't about governors, but Roy Cooper, um, Democrat, but very very popular. You know, people say that his his the rating for his race is very is likely Democratic just because of this whole, you know, coronavirus or pandemic and the leadership he's shown. Um, and just as Lieutenant Governor isn't that popular, but yeah, uh, definitely, you know, a state that can go either way. So we, we will see what that. Okay. I think anything else on North Carolina? Um, I think if we, if we look at polling numbers, it's, it's pretty even, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So it's not like Colorado or Arizona. Mm -hmm. This one's more, this one's like truly considered a toss-up yeah i think this what this one will come down to whether whether people will vote you know whether who turns out right yeah. do republicans turn out or yeah inspire voters to turn out mm -hmm. absolutely so yeah it, it's dependent on that i think and to be honest all of these races are dependent on on turnout but you know in some turnout is less of a factor than uh than others. okay i think that's good on North Carolina. Let's move to Maine. Oh, Maine. That's <laughs> in Maine. Um, <clears throat> so the incumbent, I think she's, she's been a senator for, for a long time. Huh? Mm -hmm. uh, Maine is uh, the senator who's up for re-election in 2020 is Susan Collins. 
I'm definitely a moderate Republican who has um, uh, voted with Trump and also voted against Trump. Absolutely. Um, she voted against Trump when the, the, was it the repeal of the Affordable Care Act, right? Yep. Voted against Trump. But then she angered liberals in 2018 when she voted to nominate uh, Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court, which definitely angered liberals <clears throat> and the whole Democratic Party. Um, but and she has won her races like uh, by a by a comfortable margin, I would say, right? Yeah, she's won with like 60, 40, you know. Yeah. Anything so very no. popular in Maine, but no. again, and, yeah, Maine is like an independent, you know. Very much. So. Angus King is right. Is Angus King yep. the other Maine? He's the independent senator from Maine. Um, but this year seems different, and Democrats are sensing that too. Um, the the challenger to the to Susan Collins is Sarah Gideon, I believe, is her name. The Maine Maine House Speaker, right? Yep. Maine House Speaker. Um, here. I don't have anything. Yeah. Um. So I think it's really interesting. Maine, again, as you were you were talking about a little earlier, it's a very unique state. Um. You know, they're very sort of independent and uh. I guess you know politically politically neutral almost, right? I mean, it goes blue, but sometimes you know, um, the second congressional seat goes red. Yeah. You know, all yeah. that. And obviously, Susan Collins, you know, is Republican. But yeah. Um with Brett Kavanaugh and I think with the impeachment trial as well, mm, yeah, there you go. a lot of, a lot of people from Maine were like, uh, you know, she doesn't stand for us anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing is, you know, Maine is, I would say probably one of the States in the nation where, you know, I think females, you know, really dominate the conversation here. Right. Okay. Um, Maine is, you know, as I think one of the highest turnout of female voters, you know, um, we see, you know, females at very high offices very frequently. Um, so, you know, I mean, you know, if Susan, you know, Susan Collins, um, obviously with the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh, that was seen as an attack on reproductive rights. Mm -hmm. And I remember actually when, when this whole thing was going on, um, people in Maine, obviously were pressuring their Senator, right? Don't vote for her or don't vote for him. Um, and so they set up a fund, actually. Uh, I forgot how much it was, but uh, basically the, the rule was um, if she voted for Brett Kavanaugh, that fund would, the fund and the money collected in that fund would go towards her Democratic challenger, whoever it was. Mm -hmm. So I think they ra raised like um, probably more than a million dollars. I think it was a million or two million, something like that. Um, but yeah, so that's the story with Maine, again. Um, and I think the polling has shown, it's pretty close too, right? I think yeah, it's again, it not it's not like Colorado or Arizona. I think it, you know, more like North Carolina. It flipped, it flip flops between yeah. the two. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, um, I think the more recent polls have shown Sarah Gideon with the lead, but again, yeah. not that big of a lead. So it's the question is, you know, who turns out right? So North Carolina yeah. and Green, I think, who turns out really is the, mm. is the real question. Oh well, actually, so I'm looking this. <laughs> So this latest poll added, this is on 538's website, mm -hmm. added May 28, 2020. Mm -hmm. um, the pollster is Victory Geek. I don't know how reputable of a source that is. Okay. Um, but it does show Gideon with a 51% uh, 
over Susan Collins' 42%. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so maybe I think, you know, the coronavirus <clears throat> pandemic um, has something to do with that, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, um, I think it's another, it's going to be close. That yeah, it's close. definitely going to be close. People people are going to be biting their nails for this one and, and for North Carolina as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, yeah, those are the, those are the four. Yeah. That Democrats have the, the best chance to, to win in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go over the two? I think we only have two, right? That the Republicans have a chance of winning. I know we talked uh, about, yeah, sure. Yeah. I know we talked about Alabama already, which seems like a Republican. Um, I think it's Tommy Tuberville, right? Tommy Tuberville yeah. and then Jeff Sessions is actually running for his seat again. I don't oh. think I don't think that's primary has happened yet. Uh, it, I'm not sure about that. I think they were, I think the primary happened, but they went to a runoff. Oh, they went to a runoff, you're right, you're right. So I think I it's just those two, it's just those two now. Yeah. Um I think Tuberville's the favorite. Uh, yeah, think. that's what I've heard as well. Yeah. Um, but I think either of them have a good chance of <laughs> unfortunately beating. Yeah, a very <laughs> good chance. A very good chance. Um, let's see here. We can talk about Michigan. Um, so in Michigan, Senator Gary Peters is up for re-election. Uh, this is this will be if he gets reelected, it'll be a second term. So he's a first term incumbent. Um, so he's a little vulnerable in that sense. Mm-hmm. And the Republicans, um, they have a pretty good candidate actually, uh, John James. John James. Yeah. Um, he ran for Debbie Stabenow seat in 2018, I believe. Oh, okay. Did he, he run? Against, did he run against Gary Peters in his in his first term? Right now? No, 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 no. I don't think so. Um, this guy has been pretty new to politics, I think, or uh-huh. to the Senate at least. Um, so John James, you know, widely viewed as I think, you know, obviously a person of color, you know, on the Republican side, uh, African American. Um, I think the Republicans have had a great candidate with this one, um, but I don't know. I still, when I'm looking at this, right, Michigan, we've seen in 2018, right, it went fully blue across the board, you know. Uh, governor seat, secretary of state, you know, all statewide offices. Uh, I believe we picked up, we might've picked up a, a congressional seat or two um, in Michigan. And so it's just showing, I think, plus, you know, Trump won this by very, very little. So you can call that an aberration, call that anomaly. I personally think, you know, Michigan is the bluest state out of the three that he won. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think it remains to be seen. Can Trump win Michigan again? Or will Joe Biden prevail? Um, I think Joe Biden has a better chance with Michigan than Hillary Clinton did, just because first appealing to you know African American voters, um, but also you know white moderates, right, um, and people of yeah people of that nature. So we'll see. Um, it's it is noted that John James actually outraised Gary Peters. Um, yeah. So. I mean, we'll see, but not not huge hopes, especially, you know, when the country is um, right now, it's a referendum against Donald Trump and the Republican Party. So not not expecting John James to eat this one out, honestly, Um, but it could happen. You know, it's very possible. I think, yeah, I think polling shows Peters, but comfortable, maybe I know less than 10, but comfortable okay yeah comfortable lead um over john james i think it's just the fact that he's not as well known 
Yeah, yeah. As a senator, and I don't, I don't know if he's like any legislation. Yeah, he's, he's probably passed some, but I don't know of any. <laughs> exactly, he's you know he's pretty new to the Senate, so yeah. people you know saw him as vulnerable. No, no, yeah, he'll he'll be more than. Fine. I think he's a he's a good seat, safe seat. Yeah. Um, I guess now we can move on to so Democrats have expanded their horizons oh, yeah. with multiple um, Senate seats across the United States. Um, we'll go over them. These are, I would say, like lean, lean Republican, I would say, right? Mm -hmm. But definitely Democrats still have a chance, and Absolutely. there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, uh, I think I'm gonna so. I think the three that, you know, Democrats are really sort of targeting, targeting here um, in the lean Republican category, right? Um, Montana, Iowa, Kansas, the Georgia special election. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's it for sort of lean Republican, right? Um, what did we say? Montana. Iowa. Iowa. Kansas. Kansas. Georgia special. Yeah, I think that's good because I think Kentucky and South Carolina are still more likely. Yeah, they're more likely Republican. So yeah, I think that's yeah. a good that's a good like definition. Absolutely. Let's let's just sort of break down these races. So my favorite, uh, <laughs> I'm a big Montana fan. <laughs> despite having no personal connection to the state whatsoever. We love Governor <laughs> <laughs> But um yeah, so I'm a big Montana fan. Uh, so obviously, I want to talk about Montana. What's what's the scoop in Montana? Steve Daines, uh, first-term incumbent. Um, he's pretty. I feel like he's decently well-liked in Montana, um, but he's going against a pretty, honestly, in my opinion, pretty formidable opponent. Steve Pollock, very, very well-liked governor of Montana, especially with the coronavirus pandemic. You know, he's very low. Yeah like very low numbers in Montana. I mean, it's a low population state, but still. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, yeah, he's just had, you know, tons of publicity, you know, he's been doing like sort of daily or weekly briefings, like, you know, I think Cuomo has become famous for and even Newsom to an extent. Um, so a lot of leadership in Montana. And obviously Montana is, you know, very different from the nation. It has its own idiosyncrasy. Um, it votes for people over party, right? Um, so this is still one of those states that, you know, really looks at people, right? Not just blindly because of their party. Um, okay. I know it lets them go, but um, really looks at the people, you know, what they stand for. Um, but yeah, so Steve Bullock, again, very, very well liked, uh, very, very popular. Um, but the question is, can he oust an incumbent, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see. Um, Montana, obviously, you know, again, very different from the rest of the nation and how it votes. It votes for people over party. So Steve, I mean, you know, if anyone else were to, to try run for the Senate seat, like Montana wouldn't be in play. Um, yeah. Bullock, as you might've known, he actually ran for president, right? For the, mm -hmm. for the democratic nomination. Um, mm -hmm. He lost, you know, he didn't gain much traction and he decided to hop in the race for the Senate seat. Um, after, after denying. Yeah, exactly. For a very long time. <laughs> What for two months? I think he said he was. He was like, "No, I'm not ready." So happy he no, did. I'm not ready. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, you know. And now here we are. You know, he's running for the Senate. He actually won his primary. Uh, I mean, he was going to anyway, but um, now it's official, right? Um, so 
I think I think Bullock honestly can eke out victory. Um, again, we'll see. Steve Danes, you know, again, Steve Danes is not really like hated, um, you know, in Montana or anything like that. Um, but yeah, we'll 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 see. Uh, I'm I'm really rooting for for Bullock on this one. <laughs> I think I think just one good thing out of this is that. Republicans now have to funnel more money into Steve Daines's. Oh yeah, you know, just Montana Airways, Steve Daines's campaign, and then that leaves less money for the four other states we mentioned previously and other lean Republican states. So just having more more states in play that that, that helps a lot. And Bullock running definitely because like otherwise Montana would have been us. probably most likely a oh, state yeah. Republican yeah, Senate. A solid red, yeah, yeah Steve Daines. And then I think, um, I think you just want to note that Montana, if Bullock wins, will have two Democratics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Montana's other senator is a Democrat, uh, John Tester. Um, he just won in 2018, narrow margin, but again, very, very well liked. Um, you know, for a state where, where people are very conservative on abortion, especially mm-hmm. and him running on abortion, um again it just shows you how much the people love him down there uh so yeah um that's montana and you know honestly i could i could go on for like until you know for the whole hour about Montana. this could be the zone episode (laughs) (laughs) oh god oh yeah i could go on for a whole hour about montana and minnesota but (laughs) move on we have to move on and so our 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 journey takes us to Iowa. Um, Boston, yeah. what's what's the scoop? In um, so I think so. The incumbent is Joni Ernst. Mm-hmm. Um, I think over over time she's been coming like a very unfavorable senator. Yeah. Um, like nationwide, but even within her Iowa um constituency. Um. She, she, I think she does side more with Trump than, like, say, Susan Collins or um, other senators you talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but just her unfavorability just puts Iowa in play. And absolutely, she is a first-term senator, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, again, with the vulnerability as a first-term senator, um, that puts Iowa in play, and then Iowa's Democratic primary and Republican primary, I guess, was held just a few days ago. Um, the I'm blanking on her name. What's her name? Uh, Greenfield. Teresa Greenfield. Yes, Teresa Greenfield. Yeah. So Teresa Greenfield won the Democratic primary. Um, <clears throat> she was supported by like the main, the establishment. Yeah. Democratic true. establishment. Um, more of a moderate too. More of a moderate. A lot of these. A lot of these senators. Um, these challengers are moderates, um, but Teresa Greenfield did win her primary. Um, again, she is supported. She did have a lot of, she raised a considerable amount of money um, with the help of, you know, um, endorsements. She got a lot of endorsements from like, you know, people who ran for president, like Warren, was it Warren? I don't know. Um, but, Amy, so, but yeah, so Iowa was, you know, the first state sort of. She got a lot of attention. There. Yeah, yeah. So she did get a lot of attention um, as the Democrats campaigned there for president, and that that helped a lot, I would say, huh? <laughs> but she does have a she does has an interest she does have an interesting story. I guess her 
her husband, her first husband died in a, in an accident. Um, um, and then, so I guess she had to like, she had to take care of like her family and stuff. Um, but just her story, like she has this video, it's her like introductory video on Twitter. Um, you could take a look at it. I think it's at Greenfield, Iowa, if you want to follow her. <laughs> um, but it's really, it's really um, like an Iowa centered. Like she, she, I think she's basing a lot on her Iowa roots as a farm. I think she was a farmer, her family farm and just what she's done um, to help Iowans. Yeah. And I think one thing from that is definitely the, the roots part, you know, growing up in that state, that's super important. If you're running, especially in like, you know, one of these states that's sort of bellwethery, um, Iowa, you know, Montana, Steve Bullock has been there his whole life. Um, but yeah, back to Iowa. Um, so interesting thing about Iowa is, I mean, it has the capacity to go blue, right? We saw with Obama, it went blue. Um, in 2018, Democrats took three out of the four house seats um, with, the, with the last one being, uh, you know, a really close race. Uh, Steve King, the incumbent at that time, um, and now you know now he's gone. Um, but yeah, um, Steve King at that time he lost by uh, no he won by two points. That's it. Oh, yeah, a district high. that's twenty seven points more Republican than the country as a whole. So um, yeah, again, very very possible. Um, also, Journey Ernst, uh, the incumbent, she's been sort of unpopular with the bailouts, right? The trade war uh, between China. A lot of farmers in Iowa have been hit pretty badly. Um, so we'll see how that works. Uh, we'll see how the, how the electoral math works there. But yeah, Iowa definitely uh, very much possible. Um, what has polling shown? Um, I'm looking at that right now. So this one um, from early May, shows it just pretty much a, a close race 43 percent ernst 42 percent greenfield oh wow yeah so really close and i think greenfield's been narrowing it over time because the the one previous one before it on 538 mm -hmm. um same pollster for both right so this one in december has ernst up by six percent oh wow 741 and now look at now may down one percent that's actually pretty insane. Wow. So Iowa actually could be very much in play. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I didn't realize it was actually that close. Literally yeah. 1% within the margin yeah. of error. Within the margin of error, yeah. This is, yeah, this is coming down to turnout then at this point. Um, so we'll see. Um, wow. I didn't realize Iowa. I almost, I almost kind of want to put that in the toss-up. Right? I, I kind of do. But, uh, okay, we'll keep it leading Republican. It'll be like tilt. You know, yeah, yeah. Republican toss up. Um, but again, it's very, I think, you know, Boston just showed with the polling. It's very, very close. It could go either way. It just depends on who shows up. Right. Yep. Um, let's see here. Let's move to Kansas. Um, so I've, I've actually taken a particular interest in this <laughs> as well. Um, Boston, will you tell you that? Uh, but so the story here is that Pat Roberts. Uh, super old guy, senator from Kansas. He's retiring. Uh, that leaves a Senate seat up for grabs in Kansas. Now, you might be asking me, why is Kansas so competitive? After all, it's Kansas. Um, 
So this really sort of depends on the primary, the Republican primary. Um, if you might remember 2018, uh, the governorship, it was between Democrat Laura Kelly and Chris Kobach, right? So he's been the head of, you know, Trump's voter fraud, you know, commission that found absolutely nothing and was disbanded. Um, he's been very hard and very harsh on illegal immigrants, uh, very harsh rhetoric there. Um, big fan of voter ID laws. Uh, so yeah. yeah, that's, that's basically Chris Kobach in, in a nutshell for you. And just because he was so unpopular, he actually lost the governorship to Laura Kelly, a Democrat. Yeah. So right now, yeah, Kansas has a Democratic governor. Um, and so Chris Kobach is running in the Republican primary for this Tennessee again. Uh, he's running up against Roger Marshall, which is a, uh, a House representative from Kansas. Sort of popular, but um, honestly, if it comes down to me, I think, I think Chris Kobach will win the primary. Um, I think polling shows that Chris Kobach might have a narrow edge over Marshall. So it's really, you know, anyone's guess who will win. Um, but I feel like it will be Chris Kobach. And the thing is, Chris Kobach, again, if he wins, it's a question of can a Democrat beat him again, right, instead mm -hmm. of this time. So the Democratic uh, nominee is Barbara Boiler. She's an anesthesiologist, uh, grew up in Kansas, went to Kansas for medical school, um, she was, she actually used to be part of the Republican party until very, very recently. Um, so just, again, you know, you know, you need someone right to win someone sort of moderate to win, uh, statewide, right. In some place like this. Um, but yeah, and few things have, have gone for the Democrats here. Uh, 2018 was a big year for them. Obviously took the governorship. Uh, they took a house seat in Kansas, which was pretty cool. Sharice Davids, mm -hmm. um, you know, first Native American woman, I believe, uh, from uh, or elected to a position in the House of Representatives uh, from Kansas. So yeah, um, and you know, along with Barbara Boiler, so she used to be a uh, a state legislator, right? There were, I believe, two or three other ones uh, with her that shifted from the Republican Party to the Democratic Party. Uh, so a few things going for them uh, for the Democrats in Kansas. Um, Honestly, if I had to choose, uh, I think I think again, it really just depends on who wins the primary. Because if it ends up being Roger Marshall, it's game over. You know, mm -hmm. he's pretty well liked. Um, but if it's Chris Kobach, who knows, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so second, uh, if you wanna, I'm looking up all the polling ahead. But this one from Kansas, this one was added on June second. So this one's really, really recent. Oh yeah, two days ago. Two days ago, um, by Civics, C I V I Q S Civics <laughs> pollster, um, and this shows boil, bowler, boiler, boiler. <laughs> 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 yeah, something like that. <laughs> I thought it was boiler. Bo no, uh, it's like bullier, right? Bully. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've been saying it wrong too. <laughs> bullier. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> I swear, I thought it was boiler. <laughs> Okay, that's why I was okay. So the I is after the L, Bolier. <laughs> but but this poll shows um, Bolier, I guess, running uh, hypothetically running against the three um, leading Republican mm -hmm. um, nominees: uh, Hamilton, Marshall, and Kobach. Um, but it, they're all really close. So um, running against Chris Kobach, she did. 
edge him out barely. It's under, again, under the um, margin of error, but she did lead 42% to 41%. Mm -hmm. um, but however, it's flipped when it's hypothetically against uh, Marshall. Yeah. It's 42-41 against Bollier. Yeah. So really, really close, really. Yeah, I didn't even realize it was that close. Um, yeah. But yeah, it right. sort of depends on will the Republicans nominate Chris Kobach? If they do, she's got a much better shot at winning. Yeah, yeah, um, if they nominate Roger Marshall, she's got much of a lesser shot. And to yeah. see, you know, I'd, I'd even put like safe or, lead, or likely Republican um, mm -hmm. in that case. Because um, Roger Marshall, you know, sort of, I guess, typical conservative, um, not much, not much not anything like much special to him or anything like that um but yeah trump ally what else do you want chris kobach sort of pretty unpopular actually um so so we'll see um but yeah anything else on kansas nope okay uh let's move to georgia special election these are a lot <laughs> so or regular Special, special. We'll move. To, we'll do regular after, I think. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the special right now. Crazy. So, what's Boston? Why do we have a special election in Georgia? Why do we have a special election in Georgia? Shoot, I don't know. Um. Okay. No worries. Um, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, it's Senator Johnny Isaacson, I believe. Okay, that's his name. He he yeah. he was he had some like um. What do you call it? He was having some health problems, so he um, decided to retire. Uh, so, obviously, there's a special election. Uh, you know, Brian Kemp, Governor Brian Kemp, nominated Kelly Loeffler. Um, you know, Donald Trump. Was very, Trump very not like, right. Republican. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the the story with with Georgia special election is obviously it's a special election, and Georgia has something called a jungle primary where they literally just put all the candidates up on the ballot and then they see who makes the top two and then they go to a runoff. So we've got a few, few forces at play here. Um, oh, okay. So on the Republican side, if they get top two. Yeah. 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 So on the Republican side, Kelly Loeffler, actually pretty unpopular, especially because, <laughs> you know, it was, it was sort of known that sort of shown that um, she had some, you know, she was, essentially, you know, selling off stocks, you know, that, and that she's still under investigation right now. Yeah. Um, for insider trading. Yeah. So we'll see how that holds. Um, she has a primary challenger, actually, if you want to call it that. Um, Doug Collins, uh, Georgia, from the House of Representatives, Congressional House of Representatives in Georgia right now. Um, but he's, ve he's very much more um, – very Trumpian, right? Yeah, Trump supports him, right? Over yes, absolutely. And so Kelly Loeffler is sort of like the establishment Republican. Doug Collins is sort of like the the Trumpier, you know, candidate. So we'll see how that happens, um, how it works out. In, in and he, yeah, and he became more. He was a part of the House. Was it House? Was it House Judiciary Committee? Or I don't remember. But yeah, I do remember he had some sort of he a role. some. He had some Twitter moments. Oh say. yeah, that's, that's <laughs> so he had um, he gained some name name recognition. Yeah, absolutely. And so yeah, that's that's the story on the Republican side. Um, 
Democratic side. What, what do we have going on, on the Democrat side? Um, we have a lot of Democrats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for this one, we could talk about um, the two, right? Mm -hmm. um, the first one, because I know more about him, is Reverend, um, I forget his first name, Reverend, Reverend Warnock, W-A-R-N-O-C-K. Um, interesting thing about him is he is the reverend um, of the church that MLK, right? Was Wait, MLK really? was a part of, yeah. I actually did not know. <laughs> I did not know that. Wow, that's actually yeah, so cool. He is the reverend of MLK's church, basically. And he used his, like, his position Mm -hmm. um, to expand, like talk about voting, voting rights. Um, well, that was one of his main things he talked about as Reverend. Um, and he announced that he was running, I believe, earlier this year. Mm -hmm. um, so he is one of the candidates. Um, do you want to talk about the second one? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about Matt Lieberman. I just want to focus on him for a second. Okay. Um, you know, when you were talking about that whole, like, voting rights, right, using his position, right, to advocate for that, that, that yeah. gave me a flashback to Stacey Abrams, dude. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. And this is, yeah. Yeah, so he, he grew up in, he grew up in public housing um, mm -hmm. from Georgia. So he's, he's been in Georgia his whole life. And the church is, um, church is Ebenezer Baptist Church. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he was the youngest pastor selected to serve in this historic church. Um, but yeah, just his story is pretty. You know, he's a reverend, obviously. Um, just his story is pretty interesting um, to for a candidate to run um, in politics. But I do like how he used his his position you know, to talk about voting and you know just participate in in what this democracy is okay very very good um yeah as you know you know georgia is home to a lot of civil rights legends john lewis um is, is one of them um but yeah let's talk about the other guy um that's running for the other main guy i say we should run there's a lot of you know people on the democratic side um but matt lieberman so this is the son of former vp nominee uh, Joe Lieberman, um, who was on Al Gore's ticket? No. Yes. Wait. Uh, okay, you know what? Give me a second. Give me one minute. Um, yeah, Al Gore. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, Al Gore. Yeah, so he was Al Gore's, uh, yeah, Al Gore's VP in 2000. Um, so, yeah, this is just, I don't know. It's interesting to see. Um, you know, we'll see if this political dynasty, I guess, I guess makes its way forward. Um, but yeah, honestly, I don't, I don't really know a lot about him. Um, so, you know, I mean, take what you will. I wasn't alive, you know, at the time Matt or Joe Lieberman was running for VP, so can't really comment on him. But, um, yeah, I think, I think also, you know, one concern is that because of the jungle primary, that Democrats might get shut out of the, the, the two spots anyway. Mm -hmm. um, because obviously Doug Collins and Kelly Loeffler so the question is can either um, you know the Reverend uh, or you know Matt Lieberman make it and I think polling has shown the the Reverend above Lieberman in the state okay um, I'm looking that up mm -hmm. but I get I only see it you know the Democrat versus Republican ah okay okay yeah at least on 538. 
Um, but you know, this we talked about this earlier, but um, before the show or podcast, mm-hmm. um, his 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 election, Osaf, Osaf. Oh, very yeah. So Georgia, the funny thing about Georgia has two seats up this year. Um, so the the special, but also the regular Senate seat. So this is Senator David Perdue. And um, yeah, Boston, tell us who's running for that. Oh, oh my bad. <laughs> I jumped to the next guy. That's my fault. I was looking at him. I was looking at his 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 website ahead. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, but are we are we done with are we done with the special? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's move on to the regular. Um, so this is, I think, you know, one of the seats where it's like, it's. It's probable that the, you know, the, the incumbent will win, um, but it's definitely very, it's definitely possible, but it's not a huge chance, right? So this is, um, this is the likely Republican category. And what states am I putting into this category? I'm putting Georgia, the, the regular election. South Carolina, we'll put that. Um, Kentucky, Texas, and Alaska. We'll talk about Alaska actually a little while after. Um, but yeah. Um, so that's, that's sort of some of the states that are, that are more likely. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Georgia, uh, the, the regular election. Um, obviously Senator David Perdue and the big one who's going against him on the Democratic side is John Ossoff. Where have we heard of John Ossoff before, Boston? You want to talk about um, the thing? Yeah, well, yeah, we might as well. I feel like that's, that's important, right? To give a little background. Um, yeah, no, this is, this is interesting. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm reading his website right now and it, it's under the, the title of making history and, and it kind of is <laughs> um, but so in 2017 um, I'm gonna say I'm just gonna say his first name I can never get his last name John, John. <laughs> he was the Democratic nominee for Georgia's um, sixth district and this was like this is a pretty Republican right Republican district um, <clears throat> He entered the race at 29 years old, so really young, and Congressman Tom Price had been re-elected by 24%, so double digits, right? It's yeah. a easy, safe Republican seat. Now, but in this election, um, John, he only lost by 3%. So to go from 24% yeah. to just 3% to make it really close is crazy. He doubled youth turnout from the 2014 midterm, and... Like yeah, he he just he 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 pulled in people. He got people to vote for him. And I guess if you need someone, to, <laughs> and uh, that'd be good for for a Senate state race, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The the ability to drive out turnout. That's yeah. Um, Georgia, especially, you know, we didn't think it was a bellwether, but Stacey Abrams, you know, showed us in twenty eighteen when she lost by by one two percent. Oh yeah, George is very much in play. Um, so just a little bit about that seat, actually. Um, that seat has history, right? This is Newt Gingrich's seat, right? So you know, Newt Gingrich, obviously quintessential Republican, right? Uh, old Republican, you know, back in the eighties and the nineties. Um, so to see that this seat, you know, is lost by two points, you know, by the Democrat, that's insane, right? That's a huge swing. Yep. Um, and actually, this seat is currently held by yeah. Democrats. Um, Lucy McBath, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So Lucy McBath holds the seat. She won it in 2018. Very close election. But yeah, just to see the seat turn turn um, turn blue, um, that's huge. And so again, he's running for Senate in Georgia. He's a filmmaker. And especially in his, uh, I remember in his special election, he brought in the big names. Like he brought in Obama to campaign for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he brought in a lot of, a lot of people, uh, you know, very big Democrats. So people talk about, you know, maybe is that what's, was that his downfall? Um, and that's, but that's irrelevant right now. You know, the Senate seat, um, I gave him, I give him, so out of all the likely, I think Republican seats, I think I give him the best shot of winning. I think out of so. out of the likely Republicans, I I think so. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely more likely Republicans. But yeah, Georgia very much a bellwether, very much in play. Um, we don't see it blue in 2020. We'll see it in maybe 2024, 2028. Um, that I can guarantee. Um, you know, there's something called the reverse migration where uh, African Americans are moving back to the South uh, from you know like places like Cincinnati and Cleveland and, you know, Chicago and all that. And so they're moving back to like Metro Atlanta, you know, they're moving back into the suburbs in Atlanta. So Georgia, um, demographically, it's becoming much more diverse. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, anything else to add on, on Georgia's regular election, regular Senate election? Um, I guess you could talk about the second, you want the second, um, I don't know much about her. We could just mention her. Um, but her name is Teresa Tomlinson, um, mm-hmm. former mayor of Columbus, Georgia, I believe. Okay. Um, but she's also another, again, there's a lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think those two are the most uh, prominently known um, challengers. Um, but if you look at the polling, this one was done in uh, mid-May. Okay. Um, Tomlinson this is against Purdue. Tomlinson is down 1%. So again, within the margin of error, but she's yeah. still down uh, 45 to 44 to uh, Purdue. Yeah. That's but if you look at John, <laughs> uh, John is up by 2%, 47, 45. So it's going to be a close race. Yeah. But to show him above Purdue. That's, that's a big thing. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is Georgia we're talking about. Um, but yeah, so we will we'll see. Um, obviously, you know everything's subject to change. But right now, um, yeah, I for the Senate election for the regular one in Georgia, out of the all the likely Republican states, I'd give him definitely the best shot of winning. Um, he's a good candidate. You know, he can he can fundraise in money. That's important. Um, he's he's sort of he's young, so you know, appealing to a, a younger elect, electorate. Um, a lot of good things going for him, um, but. We'll see. We'll see. You know, not a huge, I think, chance, but definitely, I think, you know, when you look at places like Mississippi and Oklahoma, yeah, definitely he has, you know, a better chance relative to that. Okay. Um, enough about Georgia. You want to, let's talk about South Carolina. I like South Carolina. I like South Carolina. <laughs> um, okay. this, one, this one might be close too, because. I, I, I've just seen ads of the challenger. Yeah. So him beating uh, the incumbent, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. These hypothetical matchups. So, I mean, if, we'll he, if he could drive out Lindsey Graham. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, the incumbent 
for South Carolina is Lindsey Graham. Um, he ran he ran for president, right, in 2016? Did he? Did he? Oh, I didn't even know that. Did he? I don't know, actually. Okay, all I know about Lindsey Graham was that he used to be a best friend, a good, very, very good friend of, of John McCain, right? When no, he, he didn't. Was still alive, no, he didn't. Uh, when he was still in office. Um, but, you know, as, you know, when John McCain passed away, <laughs> sort of he aligned himself with Trump. Um, so, again, you know, he's popular with the, with the people in South Carolina that, that like Trump. Um, mm. They think he's done a great job. He, he definitely has taken um, a lot of heat from Democrats, Senate Democrats in particular. Um, yeah. But so the story in South Carolina, South Carolina, uh, obviously pretty Republican state, pretty safe. You can say, you know, in electoral politics, it goes, when you're looking at the electoral map, it goes Republican most of the time. Um, but there's a few things going for his challenger. Uh, what was this challenger's name, actually? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Harrison. There we go. There we go. Sorry, I, I forgot for a moment. A <laughs> um, few things going for Jamie Harrison. One thing is um, he's, again, you know, he's sort of moderate, you know, and you need that in South Carolina. Um, very, again, very red, red state. So if you have any shot of winning, you need to, you need to be a little moderate. Um, but, you know, again, born and raised. He's a great candidate for South Carolina, African-American. Hopefully, you know, I mean, he'll dri- I think he'll drive turnout through the roof, really, in, in South Carolina. This has been the closest uh, a Senate election has gone uh, in recent history for South Carolina. So we'll see, I think, a lot of turnout. Um, what, what else does he have going for him? Again, changing demographics. That reverse migration I was talking, that's happening in South Carolina, too. Uh, you know, we're seeing uh, South Carolina be shifting ever so slightly blue um it'll still take time but ever so slightly um i think just having the democratic primary helped a lot oh yeah gosh didn't even remember that but yeah Yeah. these south carolina was the one state that essentially brought joe biden the nomination you know without south carolina having joe biden there now absolutely exactly having him there as the nominee will definitely help um harrison Definitely. Uh, definitely. definitely. Um, but something else, things about him. Um, so he served, actually. He, he was an aide to James Clyburn. Yes. Um, yeah. Like one of the greatest, <laughs> legendary yeah. from South Carolina. Um, and then he is um, first African-American chair of the South Carolina Democratic Party. So interesting. Okay. Since 2013. Um, until 2017, I guess you could say. So very much involved in, you know, local and state politics. So he has a history, you know. He has has connections. What was that? He has connections. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He has connections. Um, But yeah, um, he's gained a little bit of traction in this race, actually. He's been been, been really just amazing, I think, numbers in terms of fundraising, right? Um, He's gotten a lot of money. And there was a big donor that actually switched from Lindsey Graham to oh, James yes. Harrison. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know the specifics on that, but um, I remember reading that that article. That was really interesting. Um, but yeah, so so we'll see. You know, um, he's got a few things going for him, but the question is, can he sort of outweigh South Carolina's very Republican tilt? That is the question. Yeah. 
And I think like a lot, like what he's been able to use against Lindsey Graham. So he did, I, I searched, he did run for president in Lindsey Graham. Okay. And he, he hated Trump, right? Yeah. He called him various names and stuff. But mm-hmm. now look at him. He, he's Trump's he, best friend. Yeah, best friend. Like what, what happened in 2016? Exactly. So Jamie Harrison's been able to use a lot of, you know, just, and these were like publicized on TV, right? Yeah. So, so he's been able to use a lot of this in his ads and attacks against Lindsey Graham. Like, this guy isn't, um, what do you call it? He isn't, um, he flip flops at, he flip flops, right? He has, he has a, he has a something in his, in his store. I was searching, I was looking it up, like flip flops of Lindsey, like actual flip flops, like sandals, because <laughs> he flip flops so much. <laughs> um, but yeah that's the word because because right he was he was very disloyal he disloyal against trying to he hated trump and now look at him he's loyal he's he's, you know he loves trump um so just having that to use against lindsey graham who who's hated in the democratic primary uh, democratic party and i think you know from that harrison might be able to peel off some like moderate republicans right some like John McCain type Republicans, you know, mm-hmm. um, not, they don't necessarily like Trump, but they still um, align themselves with, the, with conservative, with a conservative ideology. Um, but yeah, interesting, interesting race. Uh, is there any polling on this one? Um, let me quickly search that up for you. Um, recent polling, late May, okay. showed it even, 42-42. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. But I mean, like, I guess it's gotten better for Harrison because in March it was 47-43. Yeah, I'm actually looking at that poll right now. Okay, yeah. uh, very, very interesting. So, again, Harrison's got a shot, but um, South Carolina is a very red state, so we'll we'll have to see. Um, but again, he has a few things going for him, so that's that's good. Um, but yeah, so South Carolina is done. Let's move on to let's talk about Kentucky, Boston. What's the story in Kentucky, my friend? Um, so the incumbent is the Senate Majority Leader, uh, Mitch McConnell. Oh. Uh, that guy. That guy, that guy. And his challenger is Amy McGrath. So you might well, not yet. So you might remember her from 2018. Uh, she contested Andy Barr for a congressional House seat. She lost, but her campaign really got a lot of widespread national attention. Especially her campaign ad, it went super viral. Um, and you know she's posted really impressive numbers for fundraising. Um, but you know Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader. The man's rich, you know, he has a big war chest. Uh, so the question is, will that be enough to defeat uh, him? Uh, it's worth noting that there's, uh, a f- like, the primary hasn't officially occurred yet, so technically um, she might not be the nominee, although it's looking, it's looking more so like that, especially considered, you know, she's been, uh, you know, she's, she has the establishment's backing, mm-hmm. uh, the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee's backing. Um, but yeah, there is Charles Breuer. Okay, he's basically running on UBI. So you might remember that from Andrew Yang. Uh, yes. 
So he's very much running on that sort of progressive, more pro- a little bit more progressive, you know, UBI platform. Um, so I think we'll see. Uh, I expect McGrath to win out the primary just because of her popularity for fundraising. But um, I don't know if she has much of a shot in the general election. I guess she has a shot, but not a very good one. I think a lot, just like a lot of these, is now that the like Republican PACs and the Senate, whatever the official Senate Republican committee, they now have to funnel more money into these what were once considered safe Senate seats. Yeah. So just having her in the race and like Jamie Harrison and um, many others you mentioned before helps um, other races. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very important. Um, let me see if I can find some polls, but I suspect McConnell is leading most of them. Very, very good incumbent, very strong incumbent. Uh, although it's worth noting that he's very, very highly, like, Kentucky does not like him. He has like a 30% pretty rate Kentucky, which is pretty bad. Um, let's see here. Okay, so yeah, McConnell, so I have one poll here from February, a little while ago. Um, not the most amazing polls in the world. Um, it's, we're looking at a BC average in terms of pollster rating from mm-hmm. But McConnell has 43, Amy McGrath has 40. So, you know, three points, but again, that's close, you know. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I suspect it might have actually gotten a little narrower uh, since that last poll, just because of the, you know, the national environment, I think. Yeah. Um, but again, we'll see, you know, she has a shot. Uh, but again, you know, Mitch McConnell, very strong house majority leader. You can bet that, you know, he has millions and millions in super PACs that are affiliated with him. So he has that, but um, yeah, but no, you, you know, we can, we can remain hopeful. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's that's that story. Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky. It is worth noting, though. I will give you this. Um, Democrats have been uh, overall. Kentucky is not obviously super hospitable to them. Uh, they hold registration advantages, um, but a lot of those are like very traditional, like sort of southern, more conservative Democrats. So we'll see. Um, obviously, though, in 2018, Andy Beshear was elected to the governorship. Which isn't as surprising, actually, if you think about it in Kentucky. Um, it has a very strong tradition of that, electing, you know, Democratic uh, statewide officials. So we'll see, uh, again, if that has any, any sort of impact. Um, but yeah, Kentucky, interesting state, but most likely it'll, it'll stay, Mitch McConnell will stay in the Senate, most likely. Okay. I think we've got a couple more. <laughs> yeah, two more, two more. Um, we've got Texas. We've got Texas. Big state of Tejas. Tejas. Um, I don't know much about this race. Yeah, I know. Um, I think I know a little bit. Um, Do you remember MJ Hagar? Yeah. He ran that again. That campaign ad that went viral um, about her service in the in the the military. Air Force. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And so she is uh, running against John Corden. Um, John Cornyn is more well-liked than Ted Cruz uh, in Texas. So it'll, we'll see if, um, if Hagar can, can drive that beta-level turnout. I don't think so, 
Um, I feel like Beto was had a, had a unique thing uh, going for him in, in 2018 in the Senate. Um, but it is Texas, you know. Texas is, you know, whether you like it or not, Texas is going blue soon. Maybe not 2020, but I, you know, 2028 or 2024, it'll it'll be blue. You know, we've seen that. You know, Democrats have been doing well in House races there. They've been doing well in state legislator races there. Um, but Texas is, is very difficult to win. Uh, um, you know, it remains elusive, right? We, we thought it was going blue back in 2018. Didn't turn out. So we think it's going to go black blue in 2020. Probably not, but, um, yeah, you know, demographics going for Texas, but I don't think, I don't think MJ Hagar has a good shot. I think John Cornyn will keep his seat just because it's not blue yet. Texas is still pretty conservative. Um, yeah. Trump won by what nine points, something like that. Yeah. Let's see. Actually, actually, it probably wasn't nine points. Uh, I'm just gonna search that up. Oh, well, she's actually in a runoff. Oh, is she? Yeah. Against this guy, Royce. Royce West. Ah. Okay. Interesting. I have. But not- I think she's the she's the favorite between the two. Yeah, that's what I would think too. But yeah, so Hillary Clinton lost here by like nine points. Yeah. Um, so Texas is in blue, but well, who knows? Miracles there. happen. Miracles happen. Um, but yeah, so that's Texas. Um, anything else from Texas? No. Not a lot of polling. Let's move on to a state I am actually really interested in. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Okay. Disclaimer, I'm a big fan of, like, idiosyncratic states in the sense that, like, states that don't, like, follow the, you know, the national, I guess, like, trends, right? So, we've seen that with Montana. Uh, Montana, you know, regularly elects, you know, Democrats to statewide positions and uh, Senate as well. But Alaska, so let's talk about Alaska a little bit. Alaska also has a very, uh, very strong independent streak. Uh, so Bill Walker used to be governor of Alaska. He was ousted back in 2018, but he was an independent. Um, we've seen, um, but yeah, so Alaska, very independent streak. Actually, interestingly enough, Lisa Murkowski, when she was running for her seat, um, she lost the Republican nomination. So they had to do a writing campaign to, uh, to and she won that writing campaign, which is pretty insane for Senate. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I mean, I mean, these things, again, Alaska, very interesting state. So who's running there? Um, no, I actually don't know who's running on the Republican side. Uh, this isn't, this isn't Murkowski's seat. No, this isn't. This is Dan Sullivan is his name. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Dan Sullivan. So um, who's running against him? Bill or, uh, oh God, what's his name? Alan Gross, Dr. Gross. Um, yeah, Alan Gross. Sorry, gosh, I, I seem to have like a like a memory problem. Um, but Alan Gross, Doctor Alan Gross, is running in Alaska, born and raised, running as an independent with sort of the blessing, I guess you can call it, of the Democratic Party. Um, he's an orthopedic surgeon. He's a fisherman. Um, and why is this state in play? The state is in play because he has very good fundraising. Um, he's been fundraising pretty decently. He's been outraising the incumbent, I believe. Um, so that's just one sign of strength, but again, you know, Alaska has a, 
you know, if this were if this were like Mississippi or even Kansas, we're talking about where an independent runs and has a shot, we wouldn't be talking about that, right? Um, Alaska is the only state probably where you know, except for Maine, I think, where you can run as an independent and have a decent chance of winning. So obviously, you know, Dan Sullivan is pretty like favored to win re-election, but I mean, you know, this isn't Alaska. Strong independent history. He's been fundraising pretty well. Um, I don't know what the polls are looking like. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the polls are looking like. Let's see here. I only have it at uh, Dunbar. What's up? It only shows a guy named Dunbar. Dunbar. I don't know what's up with that. Um, I don't know who Dunbar is. <laughs> okay um but yeah so i can't find any polls right now actually give me one minute let's, okay let's see here oh uh oh yeah it's showing dunbar i don't know why that is that's pretty weird um i guess maybe they thought dunbar would have won um like the maybe, oh, it's close yeah it's actually pretty oh, this cool. is in august actually. yeah this is in august of last year so Take it with a grain of salt, but I mean, 39 to 39, you know, 40 to 42, Sullivan winner. Mm, I mean, that's close. Those are decent numbers. Again, we don't know if the polling is super accurate here in Alaska. It's a difficult state to poll, but um, right, you might as well just, just uh, use whatever you can get, right? So on the whole, um, Alan Gross probably won't win his race. He'll probably go to Dan Sullivan, um, but... There's a little bit of hope, right? You know, the numbers and fundraising. Um, what scarce polling we have is pretty decent, and Alaska has an independent streak as a as a state. Okay, Alaska's done. <laughs> um, let's see here. Any other states we want to talk about? Okay, um, one safe Republican seat. I just want to talk about. Again, personal interest of mine. Um, <laughs> You know, this guy is definitely going to lose. But Richard Ojeda is running in West Virginia to unseat Shelley Moore Capito. So um, this is the type of guy, this is the only type of guy that can run and, and, you know, possibly win. I mean, he has pretty much zero shot of winning. But if you're going to put up somebody, you might as well put up your best candidate. And Richard Ojeda, I think, is definitely that. Um, what do we know about him? He's voted for Trump before. So he actually voted for Trump, right? So very um, – similar to West Virginia, and um, he served in the military. Uh, he, was state, he was state legislator from West Virginia. Um, some of his issues are important about, you know, education reform, uh, legalization of marijuana um, in West Virginia. So, again, sort of progressive, but populist, I'd call him. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, he actually ran in one of the uh, Republican, or one of the House seats, congressional house seats against someone called carol miller um and it was close when he ran it was close usually it's not but uh, i just want to pull up the exact numbers just for you guys um let's see here so i know that yeah so he lost to carol miller by about 13 points right in 2018 midterm election in 2016, the incumbent, Evan Jenkins, won by, let's do some math here, 43 points. 
Wow. So, um, so he tilted that seat 30 points more blue. You know, and that's that's just insane. That's crazy. Um, yeah, it really is. It's um, so, again, you know, if anyone is going to, to flip this seat or, you know, have even a tiny chance, this is the guy to do it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, pulling, I mean, yeah. pulling quote, uh, very, you know, favored for Capito, Shelly Moore Capito. Um, she's, she'll probably win. Uh, it's worth noting that West Virginia other senator is a Democrat. Oh. So, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, you Democrats wish Republican. So, again, you know, a little bit of Democratic uh, roots there, but not your typical uh, typical Democratic Party, I guess you can call it. Um, I guess I, I'll just add, um, if you heard his name before, it might have been because he kind of ran for president. <laughs> yeah. Um, story about that. He ran for president for like two months. Got <laughs> that before anyone else jumped in. <laughs> yeah, basically. So I mean, take that, take that with whatever you know, whatever lens you want. But did you get your? Did you get your gear? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um. So you know, seats. I mean, definitely not going to go blue. But you know, he's just one of those candidates. You know, interesting candidate. If anyone could win. It would be him, but he won't win, most probably. He, he won't win. Um, but, yeah, it's still worth a shot fighting for, right? Um, but, yeah, that's, that's the story in West Virginia. Again, very, very safe Republican seat. Um, Boston, do you want to talk about anything else? Or is that it? Um, I guess we'll do this for Anish. Um, he's not here right now, but I think we got to talk about Massachusetts. Oh, this is actually very true. Very true. Okay. What's going on in Massachusetts? Um, <clears throat> I think so. A long-time senator, right? I think he's been there. For, has he been there for a while? I'm not sure. Has he been what? Ed, Ed Markey. How long has he been in the Senate? Oh, he's been there for a while. So he's been there for a while. Um, long-time senator for Massachusetts. Massachusetts is a blue state, <laughs> um, electorally. But however, he does have a primary challenger against, um, what's his name? Joe Kennedy the third. Kennedy the third, who is um, a house rep, right? Yeah. For Massachusetts, um, and the thing that's interesting is, it's kind of weird. I don't know. That's, yeah. that's my that's my feeling from this race. It's kind of weird. I got you. I, I totally understand because you know primaries to incumbents. Do they really pan out? Usually, no, they don't. I mean, even Bob Menendez in twenty eighteen, that man was like he had some like bribery and like corruption charges, but still mm, yeah. he couldn't survive. Yeah. He survived the primary challenge easily. So, and this is a very legitimate primary challenge. This like, one's different. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Joe Kennedy, obviously, member of the Kennedy family. And, you know, he, it's interesting. He really isn't running on, like, a very different platform from Ed Markey. Ed Markey, again, surprisingly very liberal. He's very a progressive, liberal. yeah. Um, co-sponsored, wow. right? The, the Green New Deal? Yeah, exactly. You know, this is like, this is like AOZ level, like, liberal. This is liberal. Yeah. liberal. <laughs> a very, you know, very, very similar, um, very similar type of liberal. So, in hindsight, right, there, there shouldn't be a primary challenge, but I think Joe Kennedy, uh, 
really wants to, I think, run for, you know, Massachusetts, um, people of color in Massachusetts, right? And sort okay. of that community. Um, okay. That's what I'm thinking, you know. Um, but yeah, again, you know, again, this type of, this type of primary, it really doesn't happen. Um, this is once in a blue moon. And I'd say it's honestly mostly because Kennedy is a Kennedy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, He's young. The, the Kennedy name yeah. from JFK to Robert Kennedy, um, you know, to every Kennedy in between. It's just really powerful. Yeah, exactly. That's a political dynasty in America. And it shows, you know, it's, it's coming back. Um, yep, which Anish would uh, condemn right now. Yeah, Anish is a big fan of Ed Markey. I'm a big fan of Joe Kennedy, so <laughs> I'm uh, I'm hoping Joe Kennedy wins. You know, we will have an episode on just this. Let's oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> We've got to have an episode on the Kennedy. <laughs> um, but what has polling in the race shown? I think it's shown Kennedy, right? I, I don't know the specifics, but I think Kennedy is in the lead. Kennedy in the lead. Yeah, so I'm looking at uh, just a few articles that Hill shows. Um, let's see, let's see. Okay, I don't see any. Is there anything? Is 5.30 can give me anything? No. Here, uh, Rio Clear Politics, maybe. Uh, oh, here, yeah, Rio Clear, Paul, Clear Politics. Um, fifty-eight forty-two to Kennedy. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Latest. So Kennedy has an advantage. I suspect Marky try, might trying to be uh, narrowing that down, um, and I think he has been successful in narrowing it down, but. I mean, again, you know, this is this is a big thing, you know, because it's the return of the Kennedys to to American politics. Really, um, I think it's interesting though, just how much Kennedy, how much, um, for lack of a, a better word, how much shit Kennedy has had to deal with. You know, he's had a lot of in, uh, so a lot of the Senate Democrats have obviously endorsed Ed Markey. Mm -hmm. um, the National Party has put their financial, you know, political clout with Ed Markey. So mm -hmm. Joe Kennedy is really relying on um, a lot of things. I mean, granted, he does have, you know, Kennedy family name that comes with, you know, a lot of like donor bases, like, you know, things of that nature. Um, do you know, do you know who endorsed, who has endorsed Kennedy? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know that like some unions have endorsed Kennedy over Markey. Uh, so sort of, I think, just some like labor politics working its way in there, but... For the most part, yeah. So a lot of oh, okay, a lot of House members have endorsed Kennedy. You know, ah, that's right. Their House, their colleagues. So, like, I think a notable, a notable one is oh wow, John Lewis. Really? Yeah. Wow. And, and then Joaquin Castro. That's insane. I didn't know John Lewis endorsed him. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. Kennedy as much of an underthought as I thought he was. <laughs> he has the Kennedy family name. He has all that money coming from it. Um, but he also has some really big endorsements from the past. Um, I, think, I think Kennedy will win, honestly. You think? Dude, the Kennedy name is so powerful in American politics, you know? JFK, he was literally a hero. Um, Ted Kennedy, uh, Robert F. Kennedy, you know, literally heroes. Yeah, I have this book. Yeah, you could see it. 
I need to read it, but it talks about the House of Kennedy. And, you know, since we're talking about the Kennedys, just wanted to give one shout out uh, real quick. Amy Kennedy is running in New Jersey to see Jeff Van Drew. So Jeff Van Drew, if you don't remember, he was the guy who switched from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party in New Jersey. Um, so now there's two Republicans in New Jersey left. And Amy Kennedy is running to unseat him. So we'll see whether, you know, whether she can prevail on that. Right? Um, but yeah, again, Kennedy family, you know, very, very powerful in American politics. Even with, you know, Amy Kennedy, I, I suspect that, you know, her name will, will bring her a lot of, uh, you know, money, a lot of attention. Yeah, um, for sure. The, the um, but yeah, very, very interesting. The Kennedy family is making a comeback. Uh, honestly, not really much of a comeback. I mean, they were sort of all, always there, right? Always there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, just just interesting. Uh, our our I think our only real primary challenge in on the Democratic side, at least, obviously, you know, you've got Georgia special. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to mm. talk about, Boston, in the second? <laughs> I guess we could end it with this. Um, you know, we're stuck at home all the time now, so you got lots of time on your hands. So um, look into these people. Um, you could easily search up any of their names and their, their campaign website will pop up on Google. Um, read their stories, read what they're fighting for and commit to one of them, volunteer for one of them. You got a lot of time on your hands. You could phone bank. If you don't like talking to people, you could text bank. <laughs> yeah, and I actually want to give a shout out to, um, right, so a lot of people are attracted to the high profile races, president, senate, but there are also a lot of down ballot races, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're seeing, you know, in this, in this moment, in this historical moment for, um, for racial justice, a lot yeah. of the policies are made at the local level, you know. A lot. So it's up yeah. to, you know, flipping state houses, <laughs> you know, to, to be able to, you know, one thing is gerrymandering, right? So, you know, obviously we've seen voter suppression in Georgia. And, you know, it's up to, it's up to you know, in hindsight, it's really up to state level politics and local politics. Local politics. Your DA, your sheriff, most yep. of them are elected, you know. Um, you have tons of elected positions, mayor, city council. Yep. You know, it's notable that, you know, I mean, I want to give a quick shout out to, or not really a shout out, but I just want to mention that, a lot of cities, their city councils are much more conservative than the electorate they represent, you know? So, you know, so we've seen, um, you know, in, in, again, even in my own hometown, you know, we're pretty progressive, we're pretty liberal, but our city council is still pretty conservative, right? And the mayor of the next town over is pretty conservative, right? So, um, again, a liberal city there. So, you know, pay attention to the liberal politics or to local politics. Yeah. Because, yeah, they'll directly, <clears throat> they'll directly influence, you know, your life. Exactly. Right. right. You know, yeah. Congress can only do so much when, mm -hmm. you know, in, in this partisan really just gridlock. Yeah. Um, they and, can't yeah. really pass a lot. So it comes down to the state politics, to making sure that policies across your state are, you know, just. Um, so that includes, you know, electing you know state legislators state house seats that are that are yeah. favorable towards these policies yeah. yeah and they'll not you know they'll obviously not get a lot of news credibility but 
you know, they're, they still, they still represent you. They still represent your district and you, we need to make our voices heard. Right. I think, I think if there's one thing to take out of this whole movement that's going on, it's that we want to make our voices heard and we've made them on the streets made them on social media, but now is the time to, to put those plans into action. Yeah. So there's a website called Blue Ripple Politics. Um, I, I, um, I've shared this with a few of my friends as well. Um, but it's essentially a list of a bunch of, you know, campaigns that want volunteers. You know, you can get, you might be able to get paid for some of them. You might be able to get like academic credit. So look into them, especially I know a lot of internships are um, canceled, you know, because of coronavirus. So if you're looking for something to do, it's something great to do. Um, you're helping a great cause. Um, and if you find, you know, your candidates don't stand up for principles you believe in, you run for office, you know. It might be a little late now, um, uh, filing deadlines and such, but um, in the future. In the future. Think about mm-hmm. these things, you know, mm-hmm. think about these things. Um, but yeah, so blueripplepolitics.com or .org. I don't know which is which. Try both. <laughs> See which one which works. Um, but again, they have a, a whole list of campaign opportunities. Um, Everywhere from city council to, you know, state legislator seats, house seats, senate seats. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think that's it. Anything else to add, Boston? I think we're good. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you for listening. And um, thank you. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you done. <laughs>